is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap, too. Welcome to the Boss Ski Party, guys. How are you? Doing well, thanks. So Fantastic. we've never done this. It's it's uh, for those who are listening. It's me, Garrett, and Giorgio from from Ski Monster. And then why don't you guys go ahead and quickly introduce yourselves so we can we can have a, a good base to start here. Well, I'm Alexi Godbu. I'm Stan Ray, and I'm Josh Shayak. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here. We've never done this before, like as we were explaining, kind of prior to we were recording. This is kind of like a crowd, um, but we're gonna make it work because gonna make it work like i always do so it's oh, good yeah. it's good times um so you guys have been to boston before i know you definitely have because you've had segments here first time first time it's also my first time first time well welcome to boston thank you where do you guys reside normally uh i'm from whistler in british columbia in okay. canada okay yeah i live in uh, squamish and but i'm from the east coast but been living out west for about 10 years now okay and originally from Rochester, Michigan, Detroit area. Okay. And been in Tahoe for 20 years. Nice. Okay, sweet. Whereabouts from the East Coast are you originally from? I uh, grew up in Tromla. Two parents are ski instructors. And okay. Just grew up skiing there. Okay. He's a Quebecois. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he threw me off for a second. Uh-huh. I was this like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You barely <laughs> noticed the accent? <laughs> Tabernacle. You give him like three, four beer, man, I see it comes out of him. <laughs> What's your favorite Canadian beer? Favorite Canadian beer? I don't know. We have two many now. It's uh, yeah, Labatt. Labatt Blue. Okay, <laughs> the okay. best ever. Okay. Pilsner, Coconut, Coconut, Coconut. No, okay. probably Pilsner. Fuck yeah. yeah. You? Pilsner or Coconut? I Coconine. in high school. I had, I, had a, I, had, I had a in high school. I was part of the Coconut crew, so I'm gonna have to go Coconut. Oh hell yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, my first experience with with, uh, with Kokanee was um, was at I was in Banff uh, and I was skiing Lake Louise with with my wife and some friends from from um, high school and their friends and uh, we took a couple runs. She's not like a big skier and it, the conditions were kind of eh. And then uh, it was like our first day there and so we're at the bottom. I was like, all right, well we don't. I'm not gonna keep pushing this. And then literally like to like lookers left there's like this little cabin and it just said there's like a big banner just said kokanee cabin on it i was like all right well let's go let's go check out that so they walk in it's literally (laughs) it's just blaring fucking hockey there's like eight tvs it's just hockey and there's just a bar with just kokanee and i'm like all right we're done skiing for today like this is it this is this is the spot so that was my first that was my first introduction to kokanee beer i'm like this is great the kokanee cabin at lake louise it's pretty awesome. That's Heaven. Pretty, that's pretty fitting, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Considering it's in Lake Louise. Considering it's in Lake Louise, yeah. That that was that was pretty. That was my first first time with Kokanee, and uh, yeah. I mean, every time I go to Canada, I look forward to picking up a sixer. You know, sixer or twenty four. Um, it's a good question. Depending on how we're rolling with, I mean, probably most likely it'll be a twenty four. You know, you know? we don't have thirty racks in Canada. I know. Or don't you? Costco sells 48 packs. That's pretty impressive, actually. We had a friend that brought uh, one of those packs on a camping trip last year. 48, <laughs> 48 packs? packs how do you ca- was, was it the, How do you Wait. carry it? Yeah, how do it's you carry the Kirkland. It? He strapped it on a snowmobile, and a couple exploded on, along the way, but <laughs> he did manage to get It's the Kirkland-branded beer, right? I was lucky, actually. Okay. Because I've seen the, yeah, here, here in the Coke States, at least. 48-pack Coke. But they do at Costco. No, but like when you're at Costco and you grab the case, the 48 pack of beer, like, are you carrying it more like a 30 or right. more like a 24? Is it more like a suitcase or more like a cube? Right. You bring a valet. 
<laughs> That's what the snowmobile. No, I, I think it's a suitcase. That's what the snowmobiles are for. It's literally a suitcase. It's a suitcase. Here. It's pretty heavy. I'll be right back, guys. Are you going to go get a 48 pack? No, I'm going to go <laughs> figure it <laughs> I wish. What are you going to get? I'm going to go grab a, uh, a microphone solution for Alexi because he just had a fire line and, dude, the switch is just kind of hard sometimes. So, okay. I'm just going to go make sure that we catch everything you say. Okay, cool. Take your time. Okay. We 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 we, okay, I love it. we dragged in a few extras for this, so we, we can always. We're we, trying to we, make do with what we have. It's all good. Again, we've never done this many people in one room before. It's kind of fun. It's gonna sound funny. It's gonna be funny. <laughs> Just a little extra work in post, and yeah, it's all good. A lot work out. More, more a little more editing. We try not to. We 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 barely. We edit it a little bit, but it's for for the most part, we just record it, yeah. and yeah. like. Unless it's like we really have to cut something out, we right. will. But for the most part, it's like an hour, an hour, 15 minutes of just us yeah, fucking talking shit. Yeah, most of the stuff shit. we have to cut out is like when we accidentally talk about like who's involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, like they accidentally. Yeah, if, like if, we, if, we, if we did a meeting with somebody and they, they show us like next year's whatever and we like say the name, we're like, oh shit, we, should, we can't yeah. really say that. Yeah. Right. Hasn't launched yet. Yeah, hasn't <laughs> launched yet, pretty much. So when did you, when did you move from um, East Coast to, to Pacific Northwest? Um, I moved in 2014. I was kind of done with competing and I'd been there before. Like I moved to Whistler when I was 17 Okay. and lived there for a few years, but then I was just traveling too much. It was, wasn't really worth paying a rent or just staying out there. Yeah. And then done competing, moved there in 2014 and yeah, did one trip to CMH, uh, Monashies with Solomon, skied a whole week of heli skiing. And on the way back, I was like, you know what? I am not moving back to Quebec or the East Coast. I was like, I'm buying a snowmobile and then moving out west, and that's nice. it. Nice. And how long have you guys all been on Solomon? I can answer first. I've been on Solomon for since I was 11, and I'm turning 33, so 22 years. Holy shit! Yeah, crazy. That's that's a good run, dude. Damn. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm at uh, 10 years now. Okay, whole decade going that's, on. That's my good. That's good too. Yeah, it is good, especially considering I didn't get sponsored till I was thirty. So, congratulations! The guy's yeah. the guy the, right? guy the guy's forty and charges harder than most fifteen-year-olds. That's awesome. Uh, I've also been on the team for ten years. Okay, um, I grew up ski racing, and I retired from ski racing in twenty twelve, and then started free skiing in twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah. Um, and what kind of ski racing did you do? <clears throat> I did Alpine from, I don't know, some, from 7 to 20, and then I raced four years uh, of ski cross. Okay. Oh, sick. Yeah. In Canada. Yeah, in Canada. So I raced, I was on the provincial team uh, when I raced Alpine, and okay. uh, never made it to the national team. And then uh, the first year racing ski cross, I won like the North American Cup title, and then I did three years racing on the World Cup circuit. Okay. Never did amazing, but had fun. But I got injured two years in a row and decided I wanted to try and be a free skier. Got it. So you you saw your 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 dreams kind of fade a little bit in that regard. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna go ski for fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I was hanging on to the ski racing dream was because I wanted to go to the Olympics. Yeah, totally. And that was my dream. And then I realized I wasn't having that much fun anymore doing it. Yeah. And I was just hanging on for that dream. So I was like, ah, you know what? I uh, it's probably time to veer off and try to go in uh, another direction. Cool. Yeah. And how about you, you guys? Any any race background or you kind of just jumped right into it? Uh, yeah, I raced. Well, both of my parents were ski instructors yep. and my dad was assistant director of the ski school. So I'd always get like programs 
uh, through the ski school um, for free with them. Yeah. Since I was a kid. So I raced from like, maybe I was call it like four to nine years old. Okay. And then I really didn't like the structure of racing. And I would like see the mogul team that were hitting jumps and kind of doing whatever they wanted at that point. Yeah. And so I'd always like ditched a class of like my racing group and go meet the mogul team. And then my dad would always get a call at the end of the day like, we lost your son again. <laughs> he was like, oh, he's fine. He's with me. Like, just went jumping with the mogul team all afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then Twin Tips came out and that's kind of around like 10 years old. I like fully kind of switched to freestyle, free skiing. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And how about you? What have you been doing since you took forever to get sponsored? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, man, grew up in Michigan. Uh, no race background. Um, it's funny because we were just talking about it at lunch when uh, Johnny Mosley did that mute grab three in the Olympics. And that was just kind of life changing for me in a way because, well, but it simply that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. I was like dude, that's so cool. I want to do that. I want to like learn how to jump and do tricks. And, um, that's what kind of inspired me to start skiing. It was the time, uh, you know, a new Canadian air force was coming out with new tricks every day. And you're just kind of all the hype with freeze magazine and, uh, yeah. the free ski revolution was happening all the time when I was in high school and super impressionable. And, uh, yeah, it, it truly changed my life. And I was like, I just want to go out West and ski and, Moved to Tahoe because my cousin was living there. Yep. Started skiing every day, full ski bum status. And uh, the guys I was skiing with were competing on the free ski tour. This is before the free ride world tour. Okay. And they're like, dude, you should be doing these comps. You're skiing really well. And like, all right, like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do that. And my first comp, there was a Rosie rep there and was uh, top five against all the big dogs, you know, the Frenchies, the, uh, Girlon Shishiri and Aurelien Ducrow, who were the big dogs of that time. And, uh, yeah, he came up to me and Rousey rep came up. He's like, Hey, do you want some free skis? You're going to do another comp. I was like, was this just like a big mountain contest? Yeah. Big mountain yeah. comps. So, and I was like, Holy shit. Really? I can get free skis for this. And that kind of paved the way for me. So I started doing the free ski tour again. This is before a free ride tour. So I was doing the free ski tour for, shoot almost a decade started doing the free ride tour and that's when i got picked up by solomon cool yeah very so. cool man freeze magazine dude everyone remembers that fucking magazine man oh. it was crazy i i still have an immense stack of freeze magazine cool. and like freeze gear magazines in my parents house yeah and they're still in my old room just like stacked up it's awesome we got like probably a hundred of them yeah i mean and they would just drop off stacks of them at like ski shops too i remember like every like the ski shop i worked at like in college like it would just you just have like stacks of like freeze magazines and like it, it was rad you know you're like wow this like they did a good job yeah like all the photo content in there was awesome it, it was definitely like it like hyped you up when you read through it you're like you're like jazzed up to ski which is pretty cool and also another like i just remember back then obviously we didn't have social media and everything to like just to pump constantly time, yeah. yeah yeah like we we didn't have it in the face all the time so whenever a new magazine would come in the mail or something or you knew like it was at the stores you'd like go and grab it and like or like even the movies like it would just, you'd see the progression of sport through these movies, and that's why they were so popular and awesome. Yep. And just not like it is today. But, yeah, the good old days. It was yeah, sick. Right. It was so Back sick. Back when, like, ski edits were appreciated. and Truly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so two things. Did you get it figured out or no? Yeah, I kicked George out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's fine. What, that was a joke. I didn't actually kick him out. We just, it, it was just too much with the uh, amount of microphones and technology we have. Oh, okay. So, uh, so George is going to come back. Yeah, George isn't coming back. I wasn't going to tell them, so they sat that close to each other for the rest of the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We usually sit close to the rest. Well, we can, like, in the future now, though, like, we can, we can definitely figure this out. We just need one more mic. I think we just need more I think microphone if we, capacity. If we honestly turn this couch a little, like, and we kind of angle it, yeah. we can fit another chair. Like, one, two, three chairs and the couch on angle because, like, the way that the shot is anyways, it's kind of like a crotch shot regardless. So if we turn it, all right, we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. We don't. All right, cool. I'm glad we did this because now, now we now we actually have like a baseline of like how we're supposed to have more people in the pod room. Yeah, so this is and good. getting thrown into the fire. That's how you learn. That's shit. how we do it. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, so what do you think of Boston for your first time? Is everything I think is awesome. All the streams. He's a Canucks fan, by the okay. way. I am. I am a Canucks fan, and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's wrong? Not with a that? huge Boston fan. I mean, 2011. 2011. Who won? In, who won in 11? Never forget. In dude. game, I got. Okay, all right, I'll I'll throw a couple of jokes around. Let's hear it. Do uh, you guys know what time it is in Boston? What time is it? Ten past Luongo. <laughs> they scored ten goals in the two games that they played in Boston. Well, they didn't was, end up with the ring. So. No. And then uh, it was kind of sad because Luongo, after the playoffs, he uh, sadly tried to commit suicide, but he jumped in front of a bus and it went through his legs. So this is the comedy that you guys are missing in the blank This is the This is a Canucks fan making fun of their like probably the best goalie that the Canucks maybe have ever had. So yeah, and yeah, heartbroken. They lost in Game Seven, and then our city decided to riot, which sucked. But were you there? I'm still a Canucks fan. I was not there, and I'm glad I didn't partake. We did have a friend that partook. And then let a uh, couple f- cars on fire yeah. got out of there. Well, the only the only riots that, that uh, we experienced, he tried to get out of there. I'm not going to mention any names, but he tried to get out of there. And then he got interviewed. He the next day. Costco. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, then he got interviewed the next day and, or he like gave a police statement. He's like, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do anything. And then the next day he was on the cover of the Vancouver Sun. Oh, no shit. Nice. So he got busted red handed. Anyways, that was the only riots that we experienced in Boston are. Uh, uh, we're, we're like we're the old like Red Sox Yankee riots like when I was in college. They had them like at UMass Amherst, and they had them at like the, in Kenmore, like right outside of Fenway. Like that that was like the peak, like people going nuts for the Red Sox Yankee rivalry, which was fun to be a part of. Like at the time being like in college during that, which was super fun. I wasn't at the riot right. by any means, but it was still like the hype was the hype train was real. Oh, for sure, it was it was it was wild. I, I remember that Stanley Cup too. It, it was it was pretty sweet. Well, Georgia was actually I think he was he was working at Gypsy at the time. He used to be a, a DJ in the city, a nightclub DJ. He was fucking really good, and uh, he had a residency at this place called Gypsy Bar, and it was down uh, near near the near the common. It was like one of the two like go to nightclubs uh, of the time, and um, and I think he was there at that time. I might be fucking the years up. Anyways, I'm just gonna say that he was there, and Luchas came through that night. Uh, like the, 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 there was like the next night with the cup, like Wicked. just like walked through the club. Like I was, I was just there. I just look over and like three, they just, they literally just ran in, like stood in the middle of the dance floor. Everyone went nuts and held head up and then they just ran out. That's awesome. they, they, they did that throughout the whole city. And I just remember being there, like turning over and being like, just watching them like run out with the cup. I was like, is that the Stanley Cup? That's <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Sick. Um, the stadium, like we, we went, 
uh, just checked it out. It's, it's so cool there. It's pretty impressive too. Oh, the big, garden. Yeah, yeah how big dope. it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a yeah, dope it's spot. Cool. Yeah. All that um, like front front entryway is brand new. It, it used to like kind of be like a dead zone there where like right. you just entered the train station and it wasn't that exciting. So but they really like crushed that. So that front entry, the whole thing that you, you know it looks really cool. That was to dead zone to his point. It used to just be a parking lot. Okay. So that parking lot was the old Boston Garden. Right. So they built the TD Garden. At the time, it was called the Fleet Center. They built it behind the old Boston Garden, and then they tore down the Boston Garden, and it was just a parking lot. And then up until recently, they re- they revamped it, and it's obviously like fan zone, bars, restaurants. That's I mean, awesome. it's, it's pretty cool. Got the Bobby Orr statue up yeah, front. Yeah, Bobby Orr statue out front. It's pretty cool. And and right now, it's fun, too, because obviously both teams are really good. The Celtics and, and the Bruins are, yeah, are, yeah. are good. So everyone is hyped. It's always full. That's awesome. Um, it's a good time. It's it's a, it's a good place. Uh, unfortunately, there's so many people that are here that make too much money, so it's hard to get to a game without spending like 500 bucks. Well, we actually saw tough. there's some tickets tonight for like 60 bucks in the nosebleeds, but yeah, for, well, that's a, and yeah, we're like that's we're, good. we're bummed that our ski movie is playing at the exact same time. It'd be pretty fun to go watch. Oh, it'd be a awesome game in there because it's full, it's loud, it, yeah. it, it's a lot of fun. Um, speaking of your ski movies, um, you guys have done a bunch collectively, right? Nine movies. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And you guys started the Blank Collective when? 14, 15, something like that? Yeah, our first year doing it was 2015. Uh, No, 2015. He keeps arguing with me, but he has a bad memory, too many concussions. We've made nine movies, (laughs) and we're about to make a tenth. Yeah, but It'd be pretty hard to start in 2015 if you're making your tenth movie in 2024. Just saying. Not mathematician, but... Count the years. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I, matter. I think it's it doesn't moved. matter. It, it, it was. It's a floating time start. It's a floating time start. Anywho, um, yeah, <laughs> we started in 2015, <laughs> and it was a bunch of us that basically didn't really have like a company to film with that year, and we collectively, with Josh included, Stan actually wasn't with us that first year. That's why he doesn't remember. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie didn't happen. <laughs> never existed. <laughs> it was blank. Oh, good one. Yeah. Well, well, we did. We just combined a bunch of money that we had through our sponsors and just made a movie with pretty minimal budget, Josh included, as I said, and with Casey Dean and a couple other people. Nice. And then, yeah, I went to Europe, went to Japan, went to Alaska, and that kind of started the the whole snowball effect to where we are now. Yeah, so how did that idea come to, to, to be? Like, you know, obviously you were filming with other other production companies prior, like, duh, right? But what 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 came across to all you guys? You're like, you know what? This isn't working. Maybe we don't like X, Y, and Z. Let's do our own thing. Let's call it Blank Collective. How did that whole thought process happen? Well, it's, a, it's not a blur, but it's kind of like, uh, as I said, like we had no productions to film with and we didn't want to like not do anything with our season. And there's no like reason why we wouldn't have been able to like make a ski movie. So we just started hiring filmers on and like planning trips and it kind of, it was really just kind of, how can I say that? Out of necessity. Well, it was out of necessity essentially. Yeah. 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 And yeah. as I remember, it was uh, Casey Dean and Alexi were like hanging out that summer because mm-hmm. they approached me like, Hey, we're going to, what do you think about trying to make our own ski film? We all kind of go in collectively. And that's why it started as a collective because it wasn't uh, Solomon sponsored or uh, sponsored by this company, sponsored by that company. It was kind of all like we all pooled our own travel budgets together. It wasn't like we had budget for a film. It was like, 
we basically spent our own money to make it happen. Nice. Yeah. Kind of believed in ourselves and took that and were you guys leap of faith, and here we are. You're 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 outsourcing for filmers, hiring filmers just throughout the industry. Um, and then was the was the editing on your plate, or you? No, and then we hired an editor as well, and then Casey kind of directed like the, the the film through the summer. I ended up blowing my knee at the end of that year, so I wasn't. I ended up going back to Quebec for all my rehab, and so Casey kind of took that role that year and just yeah directed the film through the summer. Nice. Went back and forth to Vancouver, like meet with the editor, and then we had a movie coming out that fall. And yeah. cool, yeah, yeah. We we know Casey as well. He's he's a good dude because uh, he used to ski for when he was skiing. He used to ski for Fisher. Um, cause Berkowitz at the time was working for Fisher. And so Casey was one of his athletes. And so like when we would go on dealer trips and stuff with Matt, like he'd have Casey there. And so we've, we spent quite a bit of time with him. He's a good dude. I like Casey now. And he, we tried to get him here this, this, this year, but he's cause he drove through here on his motorcycle, yeah, yeah. um, on his like soul searching trip or whatever the hell he was doing. But, uh, but yeah, so, so, but it didn't work out. I was kind of, I was like Berkowitz tell when he like comes through, just have him stop by and we'll, and like, we'll chill and maybe he'll do an episode. And he's like, well, he's not like in the ski thing right now. I'm like, so what? Just have him come by. He's literally driving by, you know? So didn't work out, unfortunately, but I haven't yeah. seen him in a minute. Dean is a good dude. He's we good all uh, have been friends with him for a long time. I met him competing. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys lived in Whistler in the same vicinity as him. So yeah, we've all spent a bunch of time with him. Solid dude for sure. Yeah, super solid dude. Uh, Hilarious. Did, He's very funny. He's a funny dude, witty. He's very he's witty. fun to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, he, he's the man. Um, so, all right, so after that first year, I mean, it was probably kind of like a crazy learning experience, right? Like coming off of like filming for other people. Now, you're, you know, out of necessity, you know, you're basically like, oh, shit, like we need to make a ski movie. But there's no reason why we shouldn't. You go and you do it, right? So then what happens? Movie comes out, directs it, cool. And you're like, how do we make this a real thing? It's not just a flash in the pan type of a situation. Yeah, so basically, movie comes out. We have all the premieres and everything, and it's somewhat successful. Like people are pretty hyped on it, and it's new. Like it's a whole new crew that kind of comes out with a shorter. I think we're making like 25, 20 minute movies at that point. Okay, um, and we did all the most of the festivals. I think we did like High Fives, I Have Three, like all these kind of mainstream festivals that we had like connections to. Yeah, and coming the next year, we're like, well, shit, like might as well do it again. Yeah. And then Casey was supposed to be involved, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, unfortunately for us, but he uh, had an opportunity with level one. So he moved on to filming with them. And then Salman came in uh, with a big of a bit, bit of a bit bigger number that year. So it was kind of a more like Salmon orientated movie. We had a couple other people in there as well. Yep. And yeah, just kind of started that, as I said, that snowball effect that led us to nine years later. Nice. Yeah, and really from there, Alexi really took the reins and, uh, you know, started doing all the, uh, with the help of our buddy Jeff Thomas, you know, yeah, as a, as a mentor and took Alexi under his wing and showed him the ropes of editing. And uh, now Alexi's filming as well and skiing and producing and all the things. This guy's killing it. He, nice. edited, the, he edited the whole movie by himself this year, which is super. That's awesome. Oh, shit. Yeah, he yeah, did dude. a good job with it. Do you feel like a movie maker now after all these years? Are, are, you, are you like, I can actually make a ski movie? Or are you uh, still sitting in front of the computer like, what the fuck am I doing? No, I mean, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's, it is overwhelming when it comes to movie production because it's so many hats to wear and 
so many different angles to try to get shit done and yeah. to make him like have him done well as well is very challenging. But Jeff Thomas that Jeff, you mentioned like it was a massive help and he's a wizard at what he does. And it was really awesome learning from him because when it came to like workflow or how to organize projects and how to like talk to sponsors or whatever it might've been for like either production or post-production, it was, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better guy to like show me the ropes really. And then this last winter or in the fall, he was like, oh, I'm doing my own thing this year. Like basically like you've got this, like <laughs> you're yeah. ready. I'm like shitting my pants. <laughs> what am I going to do? Take the training wheels off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take the training wheels off, but pulled it off and yeah, I'd love to keep doing this and you know, as kind of. So as, some, sorry, as somebody that doesn't know anything about making movies, right? No idea. And I was someone that didn't know anything about making movies, like yourself, up until pretty recently. Like, what are the things outside of like the obvious things? Like, like what are the things? Because I could tell you about retail, like until I'm blue in the face on the on the things that you don't think about when you start your own retail store. But when you decide, hey, I'm gonna we're gonna make these movies. Like, what in the weeds? Like, what's the most difficult thing to make happen? Like, is it like finding the location? Is it getting people to the location? Is it is it getting the shots at said location? Is the, is it the weather? Is it is it getting sponsors? Is it getting athletes to be sponsors so they can go? Like, like what's the most challenging component of doing something like this? Uh, it's well, personally for me, I think is like, pro like the budget part is kind of a big challenge because I mean, when you we're in the field, like we've all been skiing together for so long, and with our crew, with our filmers, or whatever it might be, yeah, we're like used to like making shit happen, and I think like on the feet, like when we're in there and like we're like filming, yeah, that's never the issue. Like we know how to get things done typically. Sometimes you'd bring on new yeah, people and it's sure. more challenging Weather and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. that you can't predict or whatever, but so many variables, but as far as like movie making and like itself, um, yeah, like the post-production I think was the biggest thing for me this year, as far as movie making to like, like kind of pull it out of my ass, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it was and are quite you challenging. Doing like everything from top to bottom, like titles, color, um, so I did um, usually even in, w in our previous movies, uh, we do, we had outsourced for, uh, sound design yeah. and like, uh, color Jeff did for the most part. I outsourced this year for color, but in graphics, like VFX or okay. whatever it might be, but like for the like main titles and actually putting the entire movie together and like the final touches and everything that was me and that was definitely a lot of work yeah like hundreds yeah, of hours and <laughs> well, countless hours yeah yeah and how does it work with music um like so obviously you know you have to get the rights to put it in the movie of course so so how, how does that work obviously you can be like this uh, this song and this segment's gonna be sweet like the process of like getting permission has got to be kind of a pain in the butt right yeah it can definitely be a pain in the ass um depending on who you're dealing with if you're going with uh bigger labels it's for budgets like that let's say we have to make movies it's right like almost impossible. Yeah. Um, this year I sourced out at two songs from uh, two different like punk bands in Montreal that are like super underground and ended up being like awesome to work with them and easy to work with as well. And then there's uh, li like licensing websites like artlist.com or Marmoset yep. or there's, I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then that's funny because you choose these songs and then <laughs> I was at High Fives the other day and in France for the festival. And in one day I heard the same song in three different movies mm. that were from Artlist. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. always kind of the double-edged sword of 
like cheaping out on music and like everybody having the same access to the same music having something original having something yeah. original i've seen a lot of people like put work with like a like one composer and they'll put like they'll do the entire movie mm-hmm. and then you get an original soundtrack yeah. might not necessarily be like super varied and especially when you have a like multi-segment movie you kind of yeah. want to like vary the style or maybe not but it just depends what the movie or like. if it's closer to like an hour plus like i mean you gotta have it. You gotta have some kind of change of pace. Of course, right? if it's of like course. a twenty minute or like a twenty five minute, eighteen minute kind of clip, you're like, okay, yeah, you can work with one one guy or gal. Exactly. But if it's like you know, and and everyone has different a different vibe to the segment, like you have to mix it up. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to. I mean, it's more entertaining if you do. You know, for sure. And everybody has different styles and or taste in music. Yeah. And it's very subjective. But I feel like yeah, you're just gonna do your best and <laughs> hope that people like it. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it went pretty well. Well, because I mean, I, I from like a from a fan's perspective, um, the movie you guys did, I think it was in twenty one or twenty. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you'll know the tales of Cascadia. Tales from Cascadia, yeah, 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 twenty one. Yeah. Um, so that soundtrack was really good. Thank you. That was awesome because like that that soundtrack had like a lot of life songs. My wife likes to call them life songs. Basically, like music that like you listen to loud by yourself you know, like headphones or you're just standing in front of a sound bar and you're maybe kind of buzzed and you're just like, takes you like a different realm. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. It, like that, that movie, it's had a ton of that kind of style of music to it. Um, which like for me, I, I, I gravitate towards that, especially when you're watching something that's like kind of entrancing you anyways. Um, so like that start to finish, um, even like that last segment with, it was like some kind of hip hop with like a fucking housey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was good, man. And yeah, whoever, we, we who, are the who, good. I don't know who skied that last segment, but like it, I yeah. can't remember. It was, uh, yeah, it was at Century Lodge. Uh, yes. Golden Alpine Holidays. It yeah. Was like kind of the, yeah, it was Hoji, Stan, Rubens, and myself. It was cool. Okay. I, mean, th- I mean, the whole movie was cool. But like that just, obviously, it sticks out in the sense because like you always remember like the beginning, the middle, and the end. You don't really remember like the, the other part. So like that, to end it like that was pretty cool. That movie was great. Yeah, and then Stan in an absolute nasty pillow line at the end. Where he like just finishes, looks at the camera, he's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of shaking." Oh, right so yeah, now. that was you. Yeah, 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 dude. So when you were like, that wasn't even. You're like, that was. I'm shaking, but you were kind of like didn't know how to ex- describe what you were doing. It was pretty funny. It was awesome. It was a yeah, great yeah, line. Yeah, it was a good line. It was super techy and like you didn't want to fall there. Right. Just yeah. Rocks yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Pretty thin. And, and that was, was where was again? Where was that? Century Lodge, which is like between Revy and Golden. Okay. You, it's a heli. You heli into the lodge, and then everything when you're up there is ski tour access. Okay, sweet. And it's like, it's the most productive place I've ever gone to film. And usually we're filming off sleds, and that's pretty productive. Yeah. But I don't know. It, everything was just right there. Like those lines we skied at the end of that segment were like a five-minute ski tour from the lodge. Like wow. you literally go across this ridge, and then you drop down, then you have to ski back, ski tour back up to the lodge. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys that because I, I've always been curious. Like, the, what is the best way to actually get get shots? You know, because it's like you said, sled. To, is it having a helicopter, being in a sled, or is it literally just ski touring to the line, doing it, and then lapping back? I mean, what's the most effective way? Um, I've never filmed from a helicopter, but I think I think I think I think filming from a helicopter can I can be, imagine can be pretty productive. <laughs> You gotta think that's the most productive. Because I mean, you, you see, like a lot of the times we go to a zone and then there's yeah. there's no light there or there's a bit of fog or something, mm-hmm. and then like, oh, we should be over there with a helicopter. You can get over there in like two minutes. Yeah. Where in, with a sled you can get up there, like, depending. <laughs> you could be, be like two hours. You're right, over there. Right. Right. Um, but 
the most productive I've filmed is was ski touring, um, the Century Lodge, just because everything is so close together and it's like everything's within like a 10 minute ski tour here or there. And like by the time it worked well because there's four of us and by the time like one of us had skied a line, the other one was like halfway back up ski touring for the line. So like the filmer was just moving along. And by the time you're ski touring back up, your three buddies are skiing lines. Yeah. So it was like continuously rotating and it's cool. super productive. I got to say that's probably the best way to film too, I think. Just yeah. because it's like, it's more a more intimate experience. Yeah. You know, you're like ski touring up and getting a good side angle of your, the cliff you want to hit or the, maybe the crux or you get all these different vantage points on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It Versus like it, right? sledding sometimes. Uh, you just stand at the bottom and you're like, huh. I think like come off like a little bit right or this or that, you know, whatever it may be. But then you're like kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You've got a pretty strong understanding of what needs to happen. But when you're ski touring, you really like being like, oh, I'm just going to walk over there a little bit and get a better look at that. And then we'll ski tour up the side and then get another look at it. And yeah, so yeah, well, I can imagine too. And then, I mean, and then you can literally just kind of shuffle zones like as you go, right? Exactly. Basically just like you hit it, whoever's filming can literally just like, shuffle over and then you're like all right dude just laugh that again and you get the best shot so for that closing segment in the when you guys were at the century lodge how many days are you out there uh we were out there for 10 or 11 days i think that one stint or maybe even more maybe like 12 days it was the so it was covid year and 10 days yeah 10 days it was covid year and the most of the lodges in bc and probably around north america in general were empty because people kept canceling because someone had covid and then the whole group would cancel. So we got the call that the lodge was free and we just showed up there for Hell yeah. a solid week and a half. And it was, Sick. yeah, amazing. Not a bad way to spend lockdown, right? And then our, I was stuck in the States. Oh, oh bummer. <laughs> bummer. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I would have loved to have been there. It was a that. hard border at that time too. That was a hard border. Hard that border. was a hard border. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a, a big no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was unfortunate. And then, uh, I can say oh yeah just going back a little bit to uh when you started filming blank collective movies and this is more a question for alexi because i know you guys have been kind of backcountry guys forever right you 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 made the transition from more like park slope style was that when you had started uh blank collective had that already happened or were you kind of in the process of yeah doing that yeah well it already started so 2014 is when i moved to whistler full-time right um that's well 2013 was my last year sort of competing okay. and didn't go over super well it was just like injuries i kept getting injured and basically at the end i was just like over it and kind of not following progression mm-hmm. and decided to move to whistler uh, more pemberton actually but yeah whistler area yeah and bought a snowmobile i was pulling my sled with the little honda crv with a trailer so, and in the ask him how his first day snowmobiling went. How was your first day snowmobiling? Well, <laughs> I've never owned a two-stroke engine before, and I didn't know you have to add oil. So mm. actually, KC, we were talking about earlier. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, do you put oil in your sled?" I'm like, "No, what's yeah, what's sure." Oil? Uh, well, yeah, what's basically, up, but no, I was like, because you know, when you bring your car to the garage, they'll like fill it up for you and get an yeah. oil change or yeah. whatever. I thought that was the same principle with a sled. Anyways, we get out to the zone and we're on the way back and then all of a sudden my sled starts beeping with all the different lights on there and then just goes to dead stop and then my engine was seized. So that was a a good $2,500 first day experience. That's that's awesome. How'd you get it out of there? 
We just towed it. Towed it? Yeah. $2,500. That's cheap. Yeah. Sure. That's a $13,000, $15,000 mistake today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Well, more, than, more than that if it's yeah. a brand new sled. But anywho, um, yeah, 2014 was kind of my first. I always like done since I was like 15, actually, when I filmed with Playhouse Films back in the day from Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like my first real backcountry experience, I would say. Yeah. Where like they brought me out to Sonora in California, mm-hmm. picked me up at the airport. My mom brought me to the airport and then. Sedona. Sedona. Oh, nice. Sorry. These guys have an inside joke. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just went to uh, Sonora Pass, and I they'd already built this, like, 100-foot jump, and it was my first backcountry jump, and so Sick. just kind of went into it there. And then always, like, year after year, there's a little, tiny little bit of powder here and there, especially with Salmon, since they're, I mean, park and freeride orientated. Yeah. And, yeah, 2014, first year, sort of moving to Whistler, learning the ropes with the sleds and all that, and it was challenging but went pretty well and then 2015 was like the first real year that kind of went to japan and kind of had a whole season of filming in the soft powder and not hard park landings yeah i mean so thinking about that right because just from like a product standpoint because like you said you've been in solomon for 20 years and then when you you're transitioning from you know the park pipe slope style type stuff that stuff was like so hot at that time for like every, the market, right? Everyone was building like freestyle skis. Like you went to a ski shop, they're like, this is our twin sip section. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, it, so like totally. for a while, yeah. go ahead, were you gonna say something? I was gonna say the pocket rockets. Pocket rockets, yeah. I yeah, remember the you, pocket rockets yeah. being like the sickest thing. I was still ski racing at the time too. I'm like, man, I want those powder skis. We were just talking oh. about that, um, the, how that name was fucking one of the best names in the history of ski names. And how the fact that someone doesn't have like a pocket rocket 99 blows my mind. You know, like how do they, how do they not have a family of skis? Uh, for that's a whole other conversation. For but sure. but like, it, it's such <laughs> a good to the name, marketing you know? team. It's Got such a good name. In here. Um, yeah. But like I was saying, in the sense of like that was such a whole vibe. Like like you know, 2010 to 2014, like that was what what, what was being built. That was what was being marketed. That's what the kids wanted. Everyone's on TV. Tall tees. Yeah. yeah. Tall tees. Absolutely. And then literally from fast forward nine years, where we are now, right? Like. That's like MIA. That's gone. And right. so for you um, to go from from that kind of world and then to where you are now, the product kind of transitioned with you. Totally. Which is and kind of funny. I was lucky enough to be with a brand that I can actually follow that yeah. progression along with. Yeah. And yeah. so like from your perspective, like going from that kind of Tall product tees. to like Tall now tees. like you Full know Mavericks and and Bents and that whole thing, like that's got to be kind of like a cool. It's kind of a cool like Dude. slow transition all the way to where we are today you what? made the whole industry pivot full on yeah. what dude by himself yeah <laughs> it's crazy you realize what you're responsible yeah, no. for <laughs> keeps blowing my uh, sorry no but it's kind it of funny if, if, you, yeah. if you think about it because like it, it, well it's just kind of the natural progression right totally. it's like when we're all younger we want to hit jumps and yeah. catch chairs and but, stuff like but that there's kids that are young now yeah, right. but, but, but the skis aren't being, yeah, but they're not being marketed. It's different now. It's, it's different. Well, yeah. yeah. Remember in the early 2000s, like every resort was trying to get like in the magazine for having the sickest park. Yeah. And so it didn't matter what ski resort you went to. You're going to be like, oh, let's go check out their jumps. Let's yeah. go check out the rail park. Let's yeah. go check this out. And it was sick. It didn't matter where you went. It was, uh, I think it was like the coolest time in the industry. Like I was talking about in that early 2000s, that boom was it was crazy. The free I mean, ski revolution. Then, it was epic. Yeah, sure. and I mean, I mean, Mount Snow, like even on the, like they built a whole peak that's just a park. 
Yeah. yeah. During like that time, that time sparked them to like, we need to build like Corinthian. We need to build a whole area that's like top to bottom, like just a park. The crazy part too, when I think back of like then and now and being in places where I've been before, but now I go for like a completely different purpose. Yeah is going to like let's say in california or in bc tahoe, yeah tahoe for example because i've been there like for a dude tour or for whatever it might have yeah. been where i was competing or mammoth because i lived in mammoth for a season and or even whistler and you like back then was like only park like like morning to evening it was like you just shred the park all day learn new tricks and you, that's all you're hyped on basically and that's all you're really looking on the mountain is like the park yeah and now going back to these places and like looking elsewhere, cause I obviously have like a completely different eye on skiing and looking at all these mountains that were actually surrounding me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this has been around me this whole yeah. time. Like, you, even see, you didn't even see it before. No, you're like right you, to the park. You would look at a big mountain with rocks and then now you're looking at a big mountain with rocks being like, Oh, like these lines, this line's sick. This line's sick. Right. Oh, this cliff's so sick. That has such a good tranny. And yeah, yeah, it's cool. Completely different. My mom tells this story way funnier, but she always brings up how she, uh, when I was in high school, she brought me and my brother out to park city. She was like, you motherfuckers spent the entire week on that lift that's <laughs> right at the base. You did not make it past the park at all. You did the exact same thing you do at home. Yeah. She just stayed at Loon, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, the park's not the same. It's softer out here. <laughs> no, the snow's way better. You don't yeah. get it, Mom. <laughs> it's not bulletproof ice? What? Yeah, <laughs> right. It, it is. Yeah. I, I'll stand by that. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, It's kind of funny because I... I always went to, we always went to races and then you did bad at a race. You like, especially when I race ski cross, you don't qualify and everyone would be like super bummed, mope around. And then the next day they went skiing and we're like at these six ski resorts. And I'm like, why aren't they like, why isn't anyone skiing? I like, I'd like go out and not qualify. And I'd be like stoked because I get to go ski like this sick resort yeah. that I've always wanted to ski. And we're here pretty much getting paid for to be there. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go free skiing all day. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't the greatest teammate cheering on my teammates, but whatever. I was. Yeah, you had your eye on a different prize, dude. Yeah, you awesome. had your eye on a different prize, man. I like yeah. it. But I, my uh, going back to the freeze, I remember like there's a sick picture of it was John Reedy doing a massive mute grab out of the half pipe, and I think it was at Super Park. Mm. Yeah, I think that was like I don't know. That's kind of like the start of what really made me want to switch from like racing to being. A free skier, like nice. a pivotal moment for you. Yeah, I think the my actual pivotal moment. Ah, pivotal moment. Can't say it. Pivotal moment was when uh, I watched High Society, and I was fourteen. So I still I raced for ten more years after that movie. But I watched High Society when I was fourteen, and I saw like Seth Morrison doing massive Lincoln loops and backflips, and I'm like, that's what I want to do. Got you got your juices going, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'll, that, that's where I'm going to aspire complete, to be. Complete change of topic. But. Yeah, no, it's all good. No, there's no top. We're just, we're just. Yeah, there's a, if, if you guys are into the, well, it sounds like you, you'd be into this. I, there's some Instagram out there. No idea who runs it. It's called Retro Twin Tip Mags. Oh, yeah. I it's follow that. It's dope, dude. Yeah, and then yes. this guy Cyber Ski or something. You see that re so, Yeah, recently? he's doing he's doing sick content. That shit's like sick. The, uh, he'll do, like, voiceovers of yeah, old, exactly. just old ski stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play old, that? Old uh, movie segments and guess stuff. The, and guess the ski graphic game. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, good. I didn't guess it right, but. I, guess the ski graphic. Actually, another game? topic we haven't yeah. talked about. Oh, okay, okay. I, so, what's it I'll follow right now. What is it? Uh, Cypher Ski. Cy is it Cypher or Cyber? No, Something like I, that. I think Cypher. Is it? 
Anyways, you might have I, to serve it know. for us. Yeah. All right, so what were Back you going to say, bro? Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say another topic that nobody really knows, but Stan is actually Swiss. So his first language is oh, French yeah. as well. Oh. He was giving me shit for being French, but when uh, he was, what, nine years old? Eight years old? Eight. I moved to Whistler when I was eight. Yeah. So you, you, were bo- you were born in Switzerland, moved to Whistler? Whistler, yeah. Okay. Straight from Whistler. Uh, my how, how mom's did, French. What, what was that? What was, what was the reason for that? Uh, my parents... Um, some of my parents' friend moved to Pemberton, which is just outside of Whistler. Um, and they came and visited, loved the area, loved how friendly people were. And they were running a bakery at the time. And they were a little stressed. My dad was a baker, so he would start baking at like 10 at night. And he'd come home at like 5.30, 6 in the morning. And then he'd sleep like most of the day. And then my mom was busy running the cafeteria from like 8 till 5. Okay. So they didn't get much time to spend with the kids. I have two sisters, two older sisters. And... I think they just wanted to change a life, and they literally just sold the house, kept the bakery, but they visited, sold the house, and then bought a house in Whistler and never looked back. It's nice, pretty, pretty bold cool. move. If, I don't know. They were like they were like mid thirties. I was eight, yeah, ten and twelve. Wow. Yeah, and then they didn't really speak English. None of us spoke English. Yeah. It was super easy for us to learn English because when you're kids, you don't really care. You go up to the neighbors to go play basketball, speaking zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah, it just comes to you. Zero words and comes to you super quick. And my yeah. parents still struggle with speaking English. That's funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. a cool story. And I mean, I went from one ski town to another, so yeah, it's pretty similar. Pretty similar. Pretty similar. Didn't change much for me. Um, all right, well, let's let's keep going because I know you guys you guys ha- are kind of a tight schedule here, and we're kind of pushing the limits. Um, before, yeah, so I, I want to ask you guys about the, the tour. Obviously, um, one one thing that's like kind of cool. Um, for me anyways, as, as, a, as, a, as a fan of like ski movie tours, is that like, I like that it's not, because level one was just here and they just did it too, how there's like a collection of movies. And I think that's, that's fun because like, you know, we talk about ski music and movie, like different segments have different attitudes, different styles. Like the movies have the same, right? So like you go and you don't just get one feature, like there's a bunch. Um, and for you guys, I, I'm not sure, is it f- four or five? Four films. Four films? Four films? Yeah, so, four. Yeah, so... You get to go, you get to see four films, four different styles. I mean, as a, as a fan, that's pretty rad. Uh, I guess my question for you is, um, is who decides the order of the films? Does it change per stop? Who decides the stops? How does that go? Walk me through that. That's a question for Dakota. And, yeah. And Drew. <laughs> Bring Dakota in here. Yeah, I think it's... Hey, Dakota. Uh, I think Drew kind of runs the show there. Drew Peterson's been... Okay. Kind of at the head of the project since day one. Um, you know, I don't know that he necessarily picks the locations, but as far as uh, order of films to play and uh, playing the crowd, he does a great job on it. He's a great MC and gets up there and okay. everyone has a good time. He's funny and witty. So nice. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think Drew is kind of kind of the ringleader in a lot of ways on it. Like I said, as far as the actual shows, um, but uh, as far as stops, I think there's a little more behind the scenes going on. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Curious. I've always, you know, I'm always curious about that because obviously like you don't, you got to kind of read the room, read the crowd, see what yep. people are into or whatever. And like if one stop doesn't work with the order of operations, you got to pivot, you know, and figure out, all right, well, that didn't fucking work, you know? So I, I've always been curious, you know, as, a, as someone that sits in the seats and watches them. So. Yeah. And I think, uh, like you were saying too, the cool thing about the tour is that we do have four unique films that are completely different and different styles. So 
maybe like you're saying, if you play this film and the crowd's just kind of dead, maybe you like bring the blank film in, which is more high energies, right. get people more fired up, and then you can kind of go back to a more documentary style film after that or something. So yeah, yeah. Um, so your new movie, Fortune Hunters, sick name, really sick name. Thank you. Um, let's let's talk about that because obviously that's why you guys are here. Um, who came up with? Yeah, that, that's the re- is it not? Oh, it was for Solomon. Yeah, no. it's, oh, you guys it's Joe Johnson. It's Joe. We it's going it's to the Burns game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what we were here for. Nosebleed, oh. sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go with you guys. I made sixty want. bucks eating fifty Timbits or not Timbits, whatever they're called. Munchkins. Munchkins. What did you call them? Called Timbits in Canada. Uh, Hortons. Timmy. Tim. Tim Hortons. Hortons. They're called Timbits. Yeah. It's like basically Timbits. Canadian Timbits. Dunkin' Donuts. Dude. I mean, it made sixty bucks. I might like as well spend it on the hockey game. I wish we had it. True. I mean, you get one beer. I mean, t- Timbits is, it, Timbits <laughs> yeah. is, is, is definitely more of like, I mean, that makes more sense for, I mean, Munchkins is just an, it's an absurd thing well, to call uh, them. Munchkins are like little, yeah. Yeah, the little now? people. How do, you, how do you actually feel now after uh, 50 Munchkins? That, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you ate 50 Munchkins today. That's right. In 25 minutes. We're not talking 50, about 50, that. 54, what, what actually. That's, that's impressive, dude. Your stomach is going to have to be pumped. Was it, was it an assortment? Yeah, it was yeah. an assortment. It was horrible. But 50? I, I right out right out of the gate, I noticed that the chocolate ones and the blueberry ones were like super dry. I didn't know <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna options. eat all those right now, and I'm gonna eat them with water, and then at the end, I'll have like the nice doughy ones that are easier to eat. Did you? Uh, was, was it horrible. the glazed chocolate or the chocolate covered? Glazed, glazed chocolate, dude. Those are. He called it blueberry desert as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blueberry. I mean, we made an edit. You'll see it at some point on Instagram. Sick. I'll keep an eye out for that. Are you showing it tonight? <laughs> we should have done an Instagram live, really. We should have right. done it. We should have done it live right yeah, now. Yeah, actually, you I, told, I told you. We should, have, we should have been doing the questions, and you should have been eating them the entire there, time. There's actually that. a Dunkin' there's Donut still down time. the street. We saw the Dunkin' down the street. Let's there's a Dunkin' on there. every street corner. I told Drew so uh, we're actually going to forego showing Fortune Hunters tonight, and we're going to show the uh, 25 minutes of Dunkin' Donuts. Dude, or you could just do it live. You got? You think you got fifty more in you today? Definitely. That's in a definitely, couple definitely hours. Definitely not. Definitely not. Come dude, on. I'm, I'm, I'm. That's really impressive. I think if we all throw twenty bucks that at it, he'd probably go for round two. If the whole entire crowd threw twenty bucks at it, I'd do it for sure. I mean, you, that's you'd not be whole TD Garden. That's not happening. Whole TD Garden. Oh, that's we're a lot of the money. hockey game now. Yeah, back to back to. We're all over the place. No, this is great. I wish I would have known this prior. Cause then I would have said, just wait. I'll throw in some like everyone. Uh, we would have all thrown in more money for you to do it live. Would have been better. I didn't know we next were time. doing like eating contests. Ne- I would have absolutely time. thrown. Now money Stan is that. like famous for like doing like super smart decisions for, for bets. Uh, for bets. Bits of money. So yeah. in college, um, my college roommates and I, well, a couple of people partaked at that that think that thought they could win. But we had we had a WWE belt. Um, it was called the dollar menu champion. So basically what you, you did was like, you'd go head to head with somebody. You have to get everything off the dollar menu at McDonald's. And then you start at the same time and whoever wins, whoever eats everything, everything completely first wins the belt. We call it the, the dollar menu challenge. And, and, and it was like, as a spectator, like going to the restaurant and watching people compete. I mean, it was electric. I was going to say, oh, it was yeah. absolutely electric. I, did you compete? I, no, I never. I I, I knew that I couldn't win, dude. So I I, I, I didn't I didn't compete. But can I did, can the European mind comprehend the dollar menu challenge? I mean, he just ate fifty munchkins. That's I, true. I actually also have a. Uh, I I did another bet at McDonald's for twenty bucks, which was stupid because, uh, 
they had their hundredth anniversary anniversary and they had four, like a 50 cent cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And my buddy's like, if you can eat 20 of those, I'll pay you 20 <laughs> bucks. And I'm like, okay, how much time? And he was like 20 in half an hour. So I'm like, done. Holy I shit. 20 cheeseburgers. <laughs> and like literally, I think I lasted like a minute and a half and then I puked everything. Up. But you finished 20. 20 burgers. Dude, Dude. That's incredible. That is gnarly. Yeah, no. that, is, that is really good. It wasn't worth it. Can you talk about the? I'm really this is impressive. I know Stan's got some amazing stories. What uh, what about the the bet at Panorama? Can you tell us about that? Uh, I had a lot of bets at Panorama. Which one? I mean, there's clearly sucks. one. No, there's there's yeah. Maybe I won't talk about the other ones. Um, for actually, this the sock one's not that bad. Um, it was minus twenty. Okay. And they dared me to hike up. The first lift, it's, a, it's called the one-mile lift. Hike up the one-mile lift, take a photo of the top. This is before iPhone, so I had like a little point-and-shoot camera. And all I could wear, I was wearing sweatpants, ski boots, obviously, sweatshirt, and then I had socks for gloves. And it was minus 20 out. Minus, and what, yeah. and what, what did you get? Uh, I think it was like 60 bucks. Man, you got a low bar, dude. I, I also did. I also did one. I also did one. I actually regret this one, and it's like this is the grossest one I've ever done. But it was for 120 bucks, and I thought it was worth it. Uh, I had a buddy eating spits in the car, and he told me to eat if I ate the whole spits cup. Yeah. Of spits. Yes. Of like chewed spits. Yes. I get 120 bucks. I'm like, no problem. And I just chewed through, oh, a, dude. like a big that cup. It was di- that was disgusting. That disgusting. is rugged. One hundred twenty bucks, though. So. It's worth it. Yeah, it took me, took me ten uh, minutes. At least you leveled up. Took your, me ten your, minutes. Your, your, your uh, price. Like, at least you're, my parents, you're putting more value into yourself. <laughs> yeah. As these my parents would get send me on these man. like road trips with like three hundred bucks, and I'd come back with like five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, he's money. so good yeah, with money. Get this kid in the stock market. <laughs> Call him an entrepreneur, if you will. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's let's finish because we need to talk about your movie. So, for Fortunate Hunters, how did you guys come up with that name, first of all? Because it's pretty awesome. And then what was kind of like the inspiration behind the new, the new project this year? Okay. Um, so, we started the year. We actually had a completely different um, concept for the year. And as the year kind of went on... Uh, we had a guy that was working with us on the script and the more we're kind of filming, the more it kind of made sense to do more of like a spaghetti Western, like a bit of a yeah Western twist to, to the film and just basically turn it into that. And we're all on the West coast. It's all kind of rugged land and yeah. Yeah. A bit cowboy. So yeah, definitely. Our, our original idea was we wanted to do something kind of, with, along the lines of March of the Penguins. Okay. So it took like a full 180 from that. And it's pretty much at the end of the season that we decided to do that. And then uh, Alexi worked his magic and edited the movie and made it work super well. Okay. Yeah. So you shot the segments, had a whole concept already in mind, didn't work. Segment's already done. And then you're like, fuck it, let's make a Western. Yeah. But it's a bit, yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's. Pretty much what happened. <laughs> but it's filmmaking, right? Being yeah. adaptable. Yeah, yeah, no, I love Adap- it. Very adaptable. And then one thing, though, which is very unfortunate that we didn't use, we had so many shots of Stan, like, acting out animals. Um, we have this one shot of him in Japan, like, wearing, like, bamboo shoots. In, he's got, like, a panda goggle sock on, and he actually looks like a panda with a beard, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And then we had a prairie dog one that was pretty good. Um, we still else? have them. 
Yeah, no, you, no, you we'll, we'll post him yeah, at some BTS. point. Yeah. We'll post him at some point for BTS, but yeah, it just didn't make it the movie. Uh, but yeah, just uh, yeah, adaptable, I think, is the, the name of the game. I would like to say one thing about the film that I was very stoked to see that used to be more common in films in the past. And, uh, you know, as we said, Alexi kind of had the creative behind this, so we didn't see the, f- or I didn't see the film till pretty much the end. Was there is a banger crash segment at the end? Oh, Remember sad. all the old ski flicks used to have like yeah. real good crash segments. It was like some of the best part of the parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, sure. I mean, so you like As you were, the you were, well, it's like it. people can relate to that. You're like, oh, yeah. cool, these guys do eat shit. They're yeah. human. They're not just landing everything. The crash segments are awesome. Oh, so you put so, one in. So he made a nice, nice. crash segment for the film. Didn't love didn't, a crash. What segment. was this movie that didn't like? Was it called Sunny? Didn't they have like a crash segment in Seven the Sunny start? Uh, no, Sunny, that was uh, from level one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a good, a good like. I feel like most of the movie, like most of the movies back then, like I feel like there's a crash segment, like either it was in the credits or like sometimes in the middle, middle, middle of the, the movie, we'd, yeah. you'd have a yeah. crazy crash segment. You remember like Thirteen back in the day, yeah. from Poor Boys? He might, he might yeah, yeah. Like they had a crash segment like mid movie was like full on. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it was sick. The so, one kudos, buddy. The yeah, one, I, the, the one I remember like vividly. It's like Hugo Harrison never crashed, like never crashed, always stomped everything. And then, I think it was in Seven Sunny Days. No, wasn't that movie? Clam. It was easy or before that. I mean, yeah. Anyways, he goes down and he goes down so hard at like, like fifty a miles an huge hour. Huge crash. Yeah. Probably like twelve. Twelve tomahawks. tomahawks. Head feet. Head feet. Head feet. Yeah. Beauty crash. Anyways, that's all. Well, I'm, I'm glad you put it there. in because, like, I, yeah, you're right. You don't really see him that much anymore, right, dude? You know, I mean, where it's like a legit with, segment with of like crash mountain, after crash uh, after crash. Yeah. With big mountain skiing specifically, the crashes are almost just as mind blowing as the skiing. Like, right. the they can be super horrendous are, and like, especially if you're someone who's never been in that environment, like to wrap their head around someone getting tomahawked or just ragdolled down the face of a mountain is just like. So it, it, I think it's cool to see, and especially if you know the person. Not fine. usually, not usually cool to go through. No, <laughs> yeah. eating no. shit is the worst thing in the world. But yeah, they but are very entertaining to watch. But it, and it is part of it. Yeah, it's just playing your odds, and they may like maybe you'll have a thirty percent chance of making down fifty percent. But right. I think most of us try to. I don't think I'd be dropping in if I had a thirty percent chance of making it to the bottom. No, I, I would disagree. I've skied with you before. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like it. I like it's it. The second shot, flinging mud. However, with that, I will say that I've thought that a lot. Skiing with Stanley's like, I'm gonna go do this or hit that, and I'm like looking at him like, yeah. "Good luck, buddy." <laughs> and then he just goes and stomps it, and you're like, "This guy is." Very good. So, so what? Hats off to you. So, sir. what did you yeah, learn? What did you teams. learn then when you were like, "You want that line?" And I'm like, "No, there's no way you can make it out the bottom of that line." And you're like, "Oh, I'll go ski it." Yeah. And then he doesn't what? make it out the bottom of the line. What? <laughs> I made it out the bottom. I just didn't land. True. Actually, I did land. That's the opening shot. Just of the movie. not on my feet. Opening shot of the movie, uh-huh. pretty much. You always land. <laughs> when you, when people right. say I didn't land, I didn't, you know. Gravity, bro. Gravity sure. will is always there. Facts, you're gonna land. Facts, dude. Isaac Newton. Until uh, we start skiing on the moon, then maybe mm-hmm. you won't land. Mm-hmm. Facts. Or Mars. Or Mars. Or Mars. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, there's a 30 kilometer high mountain on Mars. Yeah. We'll have to scope that oh, out for the next film. I, I, ju- I just finished for the, the next film on, on Rogan. He's all he's in, dude. He's going to Mars. 
Oh, Elon. On Mars. Elon. Someone's going to be skiing on Mars. Yeah, we've been talking to him a bit about um, yeah, should, making yeah. a ski movie on Mars. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he'd probably be into it. That's next year. <laughs> talking to Musk it. about it. Yeah. It's funny because I was actually talking about Mars recently with a buddy. And just like you've had these dreams of like you're skiing and then you toss a trick and then you're just spinning forever. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> you like fall out of the sky and you yeah. wake up like. But imagine being on Mars, you could actually do that and just like <laughs> just float <laughs> into the atmosphere. <laughs> imagine just shooting. like a winch or something, and you just go out in the air and do like a he I don't know a hundred quintupled cork, never to be seen again. My <laughs> next spin could be my last one. <laughs> just spin um, for eternity. So I don't want to take up all your guys' time because I think we're we're already pushing the limit here. Oh, we're um, good. You sure? Yeah. What's fine. the uh, time you yeah, guys? We need? don't have to be over there till six thirty. You guys okay. want? Uh, we're chilling. More brewskis? I'll have another beer. Oh, uh, can you get? I'm, I'm in. Can you get me one? Four for four. Yeah. Thank you, Garrett. Dan? I'm good. I'm doing a sober year, another but I'll have another seltzer. Here. There you go. Right, yeah, I'll take another beer, please. Oh, I've got I've got one already. Good. Uno más cerveza, por favor. You you're going a whole year? Jan first, a Jan first. Nice. We try to break him really hard in Japan, which is quite mean of us because it is something very respectable. And even one time, I uh, we were at the bar, and I eat, wanted a soda water, and I gave him a... Or, or, or eat, no, I didn't give I you a gin. Thank you, sir. And you got me a gin and tonic. Yeah, maybe that was it. Or you got me a Ryan ginger. Ryan ginger. Yeah. And he didn't fall for it, so one, kudos. Well, I almost fell for it. A, a year is, is, is very respectable, dude. If, if you make it the whole way, well, it seems like I mean, you're, you're more than... I'm, you're, I'm, you're down I'm home almost, ele- right I'm almost yeah. 11 months in. Yeah, you're, you're home stretch. Yeah. Really that, that's awesome, man. I, I, do, I haven't learned from the challenge stories. This guy doesn't back down from uh, challenges. And I, this is actually, I he's do a, have, so that's he's why he's a Wim Hof master. I do, I do too, have man. a bet on, on it, and it, it's only for 20 bucks, which is pretty lame. <laughs> but dude, I would dude, love to see fantastic. I would love to I want to get involved. I would love to see a spreadsheet of all the bets you've made. The craziest part is that his prices didn't actually go up with inflation. And they just they went down, yeah. <laughs> uh, not adjusted for inflation. I made eighty bucks today. That's pretty good. That was I was cool. thinking eighty bucks in twenty five minutes. I mean, you need a really good job to do that. Um, it is true. I Doctors usually try wages. and do yeah. ones that are like feasible. At least I think they're feasible. Because if I don't, then I I'm doing something stupid and not getting paid for it, which has happened before. There was <laughs> like what. Yes. I, like what? There was a whole entire cake. We were at like a buffet style, and there was a whole cake that no one ate. And they were like, okay, you can eat the whole cake, but we're going to cover it in mustard. <laughs> oh, my God. And I had a certain amount of time, and I didn't make it within the time. Oh. What was the payout? I think it was 60 bucks for the cake. <laughs> and I didn't get paid, and it sucked. Well, actually, <laughs> sorry, I forgot wait, about your $120 bet. I was going to say, have you ever gone over $100? So a whole... So a whole cake with mustard on it? Yeah, covered in mustard. It was disgusting. And you didn't fucking get the money? No, I didn't get the money. I didn't finish the cake in time. How much cake I finished was left? the cake, but I didn't. I was like a minute over we the time they gave me. Oh my god! The yeah. terms of the contract. And whoever made that deal was like, I would have just given you the money. Like that's, I, that, just eating I think the, the cake I think like, in itself yeah, is an impressive. Shitty thing. I was gonna say at a certain point today, this is like the first bet I've actually got Stan to do something. I've heard all the stories, so I'm always being like. Dude, will you eat this? I'll give you. I got thirty on it. Who's got money? Who's yeah, got money? Yeah. Anyone want to see Stan do this? Because I've heard all these stories. But at a certain point today, I was like, "Oh, he's getting my twenty bucks." Like, 
Right. Valiant effort, <laughs> like whether he makes it or not. All right, so, like, dude, all right, so I'm in. So next year when you guys come back for your film tour again, I'll 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 shoot you guys a message and then I'll clear it with you. Perfect. Yeah, let's get a real pop do, going. We're get people in the office. Who challenge on the podcast? No, we're gonna make you over hundred twenty dollars. Just then, just don't eat breakfast. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So maybe one twenty-five. Don't eat you know it's coming. And then we're gonna do we're gonna do a live. We'll we'll talk about your new movie, which will be sweet, and then. We'll do the challenge during during the pod. Fuck yeah. Love it. I haven't done one on a podcast yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come up with something fucking really clever. I like it. I like it. I'll, like I'll it. make it worth your while. I mean, I remember like watching movies back yeah. in the day. I remember seeing Mark <laughs> Abma eat like a, they did an egg salad competition. I think it was like, I can't, do you remember how many egg salad you had to do? Actually, I talked to Mark about it I one time. We were that. biking, and he—I mean—he puked everywhere on the balcony afterwards or something. Wait, wait, what? He had to eat egg, egg salads. Salad? It was like a, oh. an abs- it was like this whole table full of egg salads oh. at a, like summer camp. Yeah, yeah, pulled it off. Is there, anything, they, is there anything off the table? That's Abma. Oh, yeah, I'm not gonna make it super thousands. gross, but is there anything that you're like, ah, I don't, like, I don't like that. <laughs> His fries is a little high. Nuts, so, I mean, okay, I so nuts. Those would be that would be a stupid bet, anyways. That would be. Oh, you could. You'd be like, could you eat a? <laughs> How much is it going to cost for me to go to the hospital? Yeah. No, we wouldn't do that. We it depends if in the U.S. or Canada. Well, we got a year to brainstorm. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be good. It's a good point. This is going to be really good. Um, so a more milk. serious question while we're still here drinking beers. Um, out of all the moves that you guys have made so far, and don't cop out answer because you have the newest one and you're promoting it, which is great, but what's been the most fun project you guys have done? Mm, I'd say it boils down to a trip, probably more... More than the actual project itself. More than a project. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. So what's the what's been the best trip as a as a group? I think it's a se- maybe separate answer for it. Uh, Alexi. Yeah, that's a really hard one, actually. <laughs> Pull that mic yeah, up. I've got the pro- like my favorite project we've done. I don't know if it was our best movie, but to me, uh, it's the one I enjoyed the most. It was before Blank, and it was like all of us as kids, and then it transitioned transitions into us skiing now oh i watched that and i think that's so cool because it like kind of shows like it's crazy how a bunch of people could have a such a different um start to skiing and still have like a similar outcome to the end like even standing right here i grew up ski racing he grew up doing freestyle and he was at a michigan like weekend warrior and then loved skiing and then now he's like the most passionate skier right out of the three of us for sure yeah like last year i went to hang out with him for a month in Tahoe, and he skied. I think he, I think he skied every single day I was there. You took one day off, maybe. Yeah, and I, I took like my standards. six days off because my knees sore and I'm weak, I guess. And yeah. you have challenges <laughs> to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too, too busy doing, doing his busy challenges. challenges. Like, I'm sorry, you only have one hobby. <laughs> I gotta make some. I gotta make some money today. <laughs> so I thought that was the coolest project, and then my favorite. I think my favorite trip, we the skiing wasn't amazing, but uh, Chatter Creek, we just did it for this year's movie. It's actually the ender in our movie this year, the ending segment. And I think that's so fun having like, we had a good camping setup and we're in a place where none of us have skied a ton. I had never skied the Alpine there. I've skied, like gone cat skiing there, but never been skiing in the Alpine. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Chatter and, Creek. And plus we got to do my birthday there and we went in the ice caves and had a ton of fun in there. Oh, sick. Nice. So just like where where is like where is that? Uh, again, Chatter Creek. It's in the interior. Yeah, yeah. BC. it's like Chatter Creek. Interiors. Right, it's near Golden. Near Golden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've been to Golden. You like it? It's kind of a funny. It's kind of a funny place, Golden. It's really weird, actually. 
Yeah. It's like a truck stop town. Truck stop, but also like you go into town and a bit more and it becomes a bit more skiing or and, and, and then you go up to, and there's just up to kicking horses. Resort. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. They have the free ride world tour stop there. Yeah. Um, that, 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 uh, view off that like restaurant at the top. It's like, amazing. yeah, it's like a, it's like a villain lives there or something like that. Doesn't it feel like that? Like a, like a James Bond. Yeah, villain it lives does. There? It, and it feels a little like, like you're in the Alps a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. it does. 100%. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. So what's yours? No, no worries. Uh, my favorite movie, I think I'm going to go with Stan on this one. And yeah, Before Blank. Um, it was probably, it was actually my first project I was working with Jeff Thomas on. And just seeing the whole process and like, from like top, like start to finish. Yeah, was was a good learning curve. It was like my first kind of experience getting the whole like, um, yeah, start to finish from like being in the summer into like, yeah, like final output basically. Um, and just, yeah, the nature of the movie with the old stuff. Like, remember, we like, we got everyone's tapes from like when they were kids and like so we cool. emailed the moms or the dads to like mm-hmm. get all the archive footage and that was super cool. And then I think favorite trip. Um, I mean, there's been quite a lot over the past bunch of years, but we did a trip to Stewart, BC with Stan. Um, and, that was, yeah, one of the crazier trips. It was like a month camping. We just brought all of our stuff out there. We're camping at the base of the glaciers in a valley, and there's grizzly tracks around, and you just, like, get through these crazy glaciers on your sled like between crevasses and then just the vertical relief, like, from the glaciers to the mountains. It was, like, 3,000-foot 3, 3, faces. And sure. just the, the, like, the magnitude of, like, the mountains when you got there it took like two weeks to get used to just to like the size and you get on top of things and you're like, we're not going to ski down this. Like it's funny. Cause like the first few days we're looking for mini golf. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's like shorter slopes to ski, um, that are less consequential. And there was like none of that. Everything was just massive yeah. faces. And we were like a little bit out of our element. Um, but the place was insane. It was so cool to be there. Nice. And like, Oh yeah, we'll go over there. It won't take that long. We'll just go across the glacier. And then, you watch your buddy like start snowmobiling across the glacier. Like, holy smokes! Within like five minutes, they're like a tiny little dot, yeah. and they're not just even like, just like not the, even a quarter of yeah. the way across the glacier. Like, never mind. That's gonna take us a little longer yeah. to get just there. Just like the sheer vastness of everything. Yeah, it's yeah. some of the biggest glaciers in the world over there. Uh, the Frank Mackey Glacier. Remember, like we're and salmon glacier, and salmon glacier as well. Um, we're fully pinned, and you'd be fully pinned for like a half hour, forty minutes almost to get from like one spot to the other. Wow, and it was wild that's cool yeah and i remember we met we had all our glacier gear like great like you know harness ice screws like everything the if shit hits the fan like yeah rescue a buddy or something and then we meet these sledders they're a bit more redneck (laughs) they're like what are you guys you guys climbers or something we're like (laughs) uh you guys climbers or something we're like no like i don't know there's crevasses around he's like yeah (laughs) <laughs> don't fall in them. <laughs> like, <laughs> <What>? Okay, cool. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Away, they're like, those guys are dead. <laughs> like, yeah, well, my cousin fell, my cousin <laughs> fell in one. Start, starter jackets and everything. Yeah. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> it's funny. Cool. So uh, I got to say my favorite film. I'm with you. Uh, Tales from Cascadia is my favorite it's, film. It's a great film. That we've done so far. My favorite, I think film trip is so hard to say. You know, I've, had so many fun trips with these guys. We've all become best friends. You know, uh, I'm your not, co- we're the three best friends. And that anyone could have. <laughs> but uh, 
I think one uh, that stands out to me was uh, two years ago, Feel Real, and we did a camping trip and just being, you know, sliding all the logistics. I love problem solving. So, like, all the logistics of getting a camp set up in the high mountains and dragging sleds and getting snowmobiles stuck. And it's just a shit show to get up in these places and set up a camp for a week plus. And then um, we had just all-time conditions. We showed up, and it was... Not very good. Just a couple inches of fresh snow. And when we're trying Let's to ski pillows and whatnot, um, you know, you need some some decent snow. You need like a couple feet at least. And yeah. uh, I think within the second night, it just hammered on us. And then we just had epic conditions, skied rad lines, rowdy lines. And yeah, it was awesome. One of my favorite trips. We, we've done as a group now. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. Um, started in ski basically like in college. So. I'm 38 now. I've been like working in ski retail since I was like 20, 21. So it's been a good run. Um, so we've done a lot of cool, fun trips too over the years. Uh, for, for me, um, one that stands out just because like conditions, the time of the year, and like just how it all worked out. Is we we went we went heli skiing one year with with K2 uh, up in like Mazama. Um, I think it was like North Cascade. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the end of the year, and so we were the only group. Which was which was awesome. So there was no one there was no one else there, and we were staying on this like this tiny little like resort like next to like where the where the hel- where the helicopter is, and because it was it was the last the, the the day we went was the last day of the year for 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 the uh, operation. So there was no one there. We like had like a little hut. It was like the the place was completely maybe like one employee was like like working like the main lodge. So it was our group, which was like some people from K two and then ski monster people. It was a pretty big group. But that was it. So we had like the big outdoor like hot tub like to ourselves like not a cloud in the sky like you know like, like you're in a planetarium you know it was it was so sick and then the next day because there's no other people we had the helicopter for, to ourselves so it was like two groups one helicopter bluebird Th- that was that was by far the best trip because like everyone skied well you, you were just with your friends you know and you had like a personal like helicopter driver which was crazy that was that was probably that's probably mine. I'm, I'm going to change mine. It wasn't Chatter Creek. It was Century Lodge. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I forgot. I kind of forgot about that. I don't know why we were just talking about it, but the train up well, there's there. There's a lot. There's a lot. The of train trips. up there was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then we got, so many memories. I'd never hung out with Hoji much. And of course I grew up like watching him in ski movies and idolized so him. So he's, he's the best skier that I've ever seen in my, seen in my life. Oh, skier. the guy, the guy's so, unreal. Cause, like, ski, cause we, we used to do powder magazine ski tests and then free skier tests. And at powder, he would always come, you know, him and, him and, his, his crew and then um basically like you know we do laps you get paired up with forefront or whatever and watching that person ski it's like he's just floating literally he just floats around yeah he's it's, fun it's, to it's, watch. It's, it's it's really really fun and even just in a resort you're like how does he do that it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy cool to watch ski it's, it's wild and he's a he's a funny quirky individual individual and uh super knowledgeable and mm-hmm. he loves like nerding out on tech yep Trying to figure out how to make something better, how to do this, how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, he's he's a he's a cool dude, super cool dude, and really fun skier to watch, for sure. Um, yeah, that heli trip, man, that was that was really that was really rad. That was rad. That was a, that was the first time. I um, uh, it, it was pretty cool because it was the last day, and so we're 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 getting the helicopter to to go out of there, and the pilot is like, he's like he was like really calm all day, you know, like excellent pilot you know you don't really think about it. i don't know what the fuck i'm doing I'm, he, I'm just they tell you to get out they tell you to get in they get down yeah. whatever and at the end he like looks back 
because it was the last flight out for the season. And he was like, he said something to the guy who was Russian. He said something to like our guide and, and the guy like looks back at us. He's like, it's the last ride out. He says, do you guys mind if he uh, has a little bit of fun? You know, and I'm like, no, I don't care. Let's, yeah, sure. What does that mean? Literally. So he kind of looks at us first, the, like the first, like he pulls up and like, you know how the, he just like dips down the mountain. Like, yeah. and you're like yeah, yeah. Falling, off. falling off the mountain. And it, that was, that was fucking awesome. Cause you're literally all day long. It's like, like a tourist, you know? And then literally yeah. like, you, you like, you, you let, you let the leash off the guy and the guy was literally like laughing and he's just like taking us out of there. It was pretty rad. Hell yeah. That was pretty rad. Pretty amazing how well they know those machines. It's crazy. It's insane. Like, it's crazy. I've been in one where he's like flying down like a pretty steep valley, and like I, I want to say the roller, rotor blades were like no further than five feet away from trees. And just like ripping down the valley, and you're like, oh my god! Yeah, and you're like, you're in the machine. You know, you're looking, you're watching him do it, and you're like, holy shit, dude! You're like, it's I, pretty cool. I trust you. I think I mean, you have to. <laughs> you, you got in there. Like you, you have to, you have to trust them, you know. Uh, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, I think I think we could wrap. That was good. You have any more questions for these guys? Um, well, Alexi, I can't, uh, I can't do a podcast with you and not talk about every day is a Saturday. Yeah, we came to Boston. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a you did two. I mean, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Behind Major League, <laughs> behind Major League, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But imagine they had the title song in Every Day's a Saturday, though. Oh, dude. In Dane's segment. Yeah. <laughs> Wild right. thing. Uh, no. Um, two favorite segments. The Boston Urban se- segment with Matt Walker and Nick, Nick Martini. Martini. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, and then the uh, Ski Bowl Park shoot. You had the zero spin. one shot. Yeah. It was the best shot of the whole segment. Yeah, I can't you. believe they did you dirty by only showing one angle. Yeah. I wasn't there for a very long time. We had to actually had to leave that shoot and go to another shoot in Sweden with Salman and MSP that year. With Henrik and Bobby yeah, Brown. Because exactly. I was going to say, like, those two very memorable, three very memorable segments from the same year, which is pretty unreal. Hell yeah. And that was, like, not to get, like, too fanboy, but, like, I was 12. That was, like, my <laughs> the peak of my uh, ski movie watching. So, like... Yeah, just dope. I'd love to hear any stories you have there. Uh, and then let you know that everybody talks about Tom Walsh's zero spin and turbo, but yours is right there with it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Just okay. wanted to say that. Thank you. I also like that when that movie came out, Ghost and Stuff was in that fucking movie. I remember like Fuck. listening to Ghost and Stuff for like a year a couple of years but like for that and yeah. the ghost yeah, that, and i watched the segment like the first time i was like is is this fucking dead mouse in the fucking ski movie and then like, dubstep, yeah. dubstep was so like i yeah. mean it just exploded i feel like at that yeah. point and it was like i mean it, it was pretty fitting the ski movie for like it high was action super fitting. And, like, it was awesome just it was it, it was sick yeah yeah I, but i just like you know going into the, remember the first time watching it, i think we were at some premiere somewhere in nashua because that's where we were at the time new hampshire and I remember, like, it came on. I thought, like, the DJ, I, you're like, is it on? Like, oh, it's in the movie. Yeah. Ghost stuff's in the ski movie. It, that was, that was for me, that was like a fanboy, electronic music oh, yeah. fanboy moment at that time. I was like, that's fucking sick. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for the memory lane. Yeah, of course, It's always man. like, I mean, it's been so long and it's been so many different, like, careers, it feels like. Yeah. Or so many, like, two different careers or two mm-hmm. different lives. But, yeah, I definitely. Chapters. Different chapters. A, the park life was you. awesome. Yeah. The, um. Yeah, and I don't even have any questions or anything. I just wanted to, like, you know, shout it out, give it an acknowledgement. Um, 
But yeah, all, was that actually was that your uh, only other time in Boston? Would be my other question. Um, I mean, I've been through here a lot with my family. We've been going down to Cape Cod like every summer when I was a kid. For, oh, nice. I don't know. Maybe we've gone like 16, 17 times. Nice. Okay. We're about and uh, around Orleans. Cool. And like nice. Brewster and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd go to Nickerson State Park every every year. Yeah, good time. Um, yeah, it was great. And then, yeah, I've been around the city a bit. But yeah, the real like other time I've been here was actually like more as a grown up was for that urban segment and that yeah. was 14 years ago yeah <laughs> it's quite a while ago it's crazy yeah time wow. flies the yeah. only thing i wanted to i wanted to just add or ask is i was i wanted to ask josh how his zero spin was coming these days Ooh. oh yeah it's about as good as yours dan <laughs> so, so bo dog shit <laughs> that's what i thought just yeah, wanted, i just wanted to make sure just to confirm so i have the second best zero spin in this room <laughs> i i highly wouldn't doubt that if you see diaker and i ski switch i could probably for sure run for i've cover. never seen you ski and I, I i think i think i could say yes you probably do all right yeah, dope. I'll, I'll be if, if, i'll if be wait, i'll be waiting by the phone for the movie next year i can do it <laughs> <laughs> Nice, you could be my stunt double. <laughs> Yo, we'll have did to you get guys see my zero spin? Why'd you look shit? He looks a bit taller. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to get a quad XL kit on you, make it look baggy. Get you a Sasquatch alpha dude and get you out there. That might be a good stick for you. Yeah. You know? I like it. Maybe we should do that this year. Sas Sasquatch yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm down. Have you hit something? Yeah. I like it. I like Sasquatch it. sightings. All right. Okay. This has been great. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And uh, have fun tonight at the premiere. Um, yeah. Good luck on the road. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Peace, y'all. Thank you very much. Later.